0: If you've got a minute and a half, if you know your product and you know what the horse is doing, what the man is doing, what the production people are doing, fill it with something that paints a vivid picture so that when they see that happen, it's not that you overcoat with painting, that the painting is finished and get ready to paint another picture in the next few months.
1: This is the Interview Podcast on the Y Millbank Podcast Network from Millbank, South Dakota. This is Craig Weinberg. Ymilbank.com is our website. If you want to help support the show or just find out what else we do and what other podcasts come out of the studio, click on the podcast button and you'll find it all there. Today on the show is another milestone for me. Because on the show today is someone influential to me, he's a legend in the business. He is the sound, the voice of rodeo. Bob Tallman is here. Bob has announced more than 15,000 rodeo performances in the U.S., Mexico, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. He's announced so many rodeos that his voice has become instantly recognizable. He announced the national finals rodeo in Las Vegas more than any other announcer. He's announced the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo for 33 years. He's also the spokesman for many cowboy-themed products. up until 2020 and 21 due to COVID restrictions. Uh, before that, he has announced the Calgary Stampede, which goes on today, Starts yes, started yesterday, for 40 years. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. I sure did. Let's jump right into it with Bob Tallman. Bob Tallman... You are the the sound <laughs> of the dream that I have had as a starting as a little boy, I always had this strange uh, desire to be a real cowboy. And I, I don't mean a dude ranch cowboy. I mean someone that goes out and you live on the range. And I got a lot of that love going to the Umpqua Valley Roundup in Roseburg, Oregon, as a kid, uh, and having your voice be the soundtrack of that part of my life. And it is a a huge honor and pleasure of mine to have you on the show. So thank you for doing this, and welcome to the interview.
0: Well, let's talk about the Umpqua Valley Roundup for a moment. (laughs) I'm not sure how many years I was there, but... I have to give the thanks to the Christiansen Brothers Rodeo Company mm. um, that hired me to be the voice of that rodeo, the city of Roseburg, the county, and all of Western Oregon—one of the most beautiful, beautiful locales that um, I believe God created for people to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And at the time when I was there, it was pretty wild and wooly. <laughs> and what we did in Roseburg was we did rodeo the old fashioned way. Mhm. Okay, we had electronics, a sound system, we had little bits of this and that from video cameras. We had um a beautiful setting that you remember well because you were raised in that setting. Oh yeah. On the western coast of a beautiful state of Oregon. And Later, I would live in eastern Oregon at Baker, Baker City, and Keating. Oh,
1: I didn't know that.
0: Oh, yes. I spent 15 years there. Really? Yeah. So I'm a part Oregonian. Oh, nice. Like you. But Roseburg will hold dear to people if they ever spent four or five years there and they became a Berg person, Mm -hmm. the smell... Of slash piles burning yep the smell of wet trees being ready to be <clears throat> yeah um run through a, a lumber mill uh logging trucks loggers uh the sounds that go with it and the economic impact that it made on roseburg in those days oh yeah and within an hour you could be on the pacific coast Yep. So that area I hold dear as a part of me, my family, and that would have been in uh, the very early 80s, late 70s. Okay. And you were born in 1979? Yep. Okay. So I I remember
1: you from 86, 87, 88, sometime in that yep. range, which yep. would have been right.
0: Yep. So... What where you were raised, and what you hold dear in your memories—the smells, the tastes, the cool nights, hot days in June, July, and August—never um, too cold in the winter because of being in the coastal range.
1: <laughs> this is true. Um,
0: I hold dear for the same reasons, mm. and good rodeo. Yeah, and a thank you to the Christians and brothers family.
1: Well, and back then you used to you called the rodeo from a horseback. Back then,
0: yes, sir. When did that
1: When did that stop?
0: Um, well, it it gradually slowed down after a broken hip, leg, and shoulder.
1: Oh, do tell. How'd that happen?
0: Um, I thought I was a better cowboy than I was demonstrating. And a couple of broken backs from Gentle Horses that I got in a rack on. Mm. There comes a point in life when you stop jumping out of helicopters going powder <laughs> skiing, okay? now that's true. There's a point in life when downhill skiing says, this is enough. There's a point in life when you quit skydiving. <laughs> There's a point in life when you park your Harley because it's not a trike. Then you get a trike, and then you park the trike. Right. Um. All of those things come with how much Tylenol does it take to get through the day? (laughs) (laughs) And
1: when you're medicated 24-7, that's not ideal.
0: Yeah. I've lived life to its fullest. It's better than 70 years. Wow. (laughs) So
1: uh, let's go back uh, in time. What was the draw for you? to even explore the rodeo world? Were you born into it? Well, I was uh... born
0: around it. Okay. Okay. I was born on a ranch. Mm. 55 miles north of Winnemucca, Nevada. Okay. Humboldt, Humboldt County. Mm. Between Winnemucca and McDermott, Nevada, which is also McDermott, Oregon. Half the town is in Malheur County. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the other half's in Nevada. And I can remember going to rodeos when I was just like you as a kid. And my dad was an old wild horse racer, you know, and he was a rough, tough old bugger. (laughs) And, um, he, uh, he always seemed to gravitate towards the Cowboys, the ranchers, the buckaroos, Mm -hmm. the hands, because that's the way he was raised. Right. Well, I knew at a certain point early on in and around the rodeo business and what they called, you know, the amateur divisions in Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Nevada,
2: yep. Utah,
0: California, that I was not going to be Larry Mayhem. <laughs> I was never going to follow in the footsteps of Jim Shoulders, the great Dean Oliver. Mm. Um, I was never going to follow in the footsteps later in life of joe alexander the many-time world champion in the bareback riding or i was not as i watched him come on through the days of d pickett and roy cooper and then joe beaver and then ty murray Mm -hmm. i was not gonna be that guy but i was the guy that had the mindset and the memory lock on the stories of yesterday's Cowboys, today's competitors, and was somewhat well-versed in telling stories of where I thought these young champions in the making would be going Mm -hmm. and have been fairly accurate of how their lives were percepted, have happened, and why it was good for them to be where they are today. Right. Okay. Um, wanting to be somebody else or like somebody else and having the ability and the blessings to emulate and duplicate those kind of lifestyles happens to very few people. You want to be a race car driver? You want to be an astronaut? Do mm-hmm. you want to be an NFL quarterback? Do you want, you know, what? who do you want to emulate your life after? Yeah, And as the world has grown in population, those challenging moments for young men and women to make that decision and be able to be totally blessed to carry it out, get you down into the minute, minute numbers of maybe 20, 30, 10, 15, right. 2 to 5 mm-hmm. or 1. Being disappointed because you can't, didn't, or won't is not failure. But if you don't find something from those wants and desires that you can parallel in other fashions of life, then you've wasted all of that energy. Remember I told you about time? Yep. The non-renewable natural resource. Every moment of your life, The negatives, the positives, the givings, the takings, the sharings, the wins, the success, the money, the lack of all of those. If you let those get away because you're not astute to understand, take advantage of the moment, Mm -hmm. you're wasting your life.
1: When did you you get up
0: in the morning, let your feet hit the floor (laughs) and let your butt get out of bed and go for it. I don't care what you're doing that day.
1: So does it matter what you do as long as you do it with all of your heart? I mean, I guess at some point it does matter certain things, but
0: I think, I think resting with all of your heart is as important as the motion when you're rested of what you're attempting to do. Explain that a little more. Okay. So many people said I can't sleep at night.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: My mind has runaways. (laughs) Uh, I can't buy that. (laughs) If you have faith in your heart and you walk, as I would like to say that I want everybody to walk with faith, in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. you will go to sleep at night. I've told lots of young people, I'm not an ordained minister, but I preach in some churches once in a while. And I like to tell young people, when you say your prayers at night, if you don't finish them because you went to sleep, that means that you are cleansed, rested, and ready when you get up in the morning.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Think about that. Yeah. Some people pray standing up, some pray on their knees, some pray sitting down, Mm -hmm. some pray laying down. Okay. Why do you pray? You need to give thanks for every moment. Every time I see an ambulance, I pray. Every time I hear a siren, I pray for what it's going to attend to that I hope no one is seriously hurt. Mm -hmm. Every time I see a creek with cool water in it, I give thanks to the Lord that that's gonna serve somebody well. When I see green pastures, I pray for the grass, the deer and the elk and the cattle and the horses and that nature's animals will feed upon it. When I see a snow-capped mountain, I know that that water, give a prayer of thanks that it's been put there because those snow caps will melt. That water will run down the creeks. It'll go into the aquifers. People will have substance of water because of that snow, whatever the mountains are. Is it around Flathead Lake in Montana, Kalispell? Is it in the Canadian Rockies? is it in the Rocky Mountains? You know, does it go off the eastern slope to Denver and all the cities going that way? Or does it come back the other way, you know, to New Mexico and Arizona? Mm-hmm. I know that this tires some people, Craig, <laughs> but they say, do you ever let your mind rest? And my answer is, of course. My mind rests. I just don't let it be still. Gotcha. Okay. If your eyes are open, you will see, visualize, and experience with eyesight. It's one of the greatest gifts we have. Mm -hmm. If I was to go blind today, I have the greatest memory of all of the wondrous things that I've seen. Because if you close your eyes and they're closed forever, and you lose your sight, if you looked at everything in a positive manner while you had sight, you still have the vividness in your mind and you have ways to describe that. so that's That's how i announce rodeos that's how i approach business
2: Mm
0: -hmm. common sense and logic sometimes does not always fit (laughs) into the things that i say but i've also always known don't let the facts ruin a good story (laughs) (laughs) so
1: at what point did you realize that you were such a good storyteller because that that's one of the things that makes your commentary so good is your ability to just weave in. I mean, you're waiting on a, a rider in the buck and shoot and you know, they're wrapping his hand on, they're trying to get him tied up and you run off into a story. You can pull right back to that rider right now and then come right back to your story where you left off. Is that learned or are you just that gifted?
0: I don't know. <laughs> um, do you know that I've probably done 10,000 interviews in the last 50 years? I've never been asked that question. I, I'm vividly lucky. I'm going to have the umpaw roundup on my mind now for days. <laughs> but you can also have the NFR in Oklahoma City, the Wrangler NFR in Las Vegas. Um, and I've been looking down into buck and shoots either on a television monitor or live mm-hmm. for a long time
2: hmm
0: Knowing the production of this thing we call rodeo, knowing the production of Western lifestyle, farming, mm-hmm. ranching, cattle, horses, people, Nevada, J, Georgia, where my dear friend Roger Mooney runs black bolly cows. If I've seen a picture, if I've heard or seen a video. If I've watched a well-filmed television show, if I have been there, I smelled it. Mm. I felt it. I've seen it. The gift that I have, if it is a gift, is that I've never lost the ability to recall, archive, Mm. the greatness I've seen greatness in a forest fire. I've seen greatness um, in things that have been horrendously horrible. Because what do you do after a hurricane? You clean up the mess. Mm -hmm. What do you do after a forest fire? You replant the forest. What do you do after a flood? You find out where the weakness in the wall was and you fix it. And prepare so that you don't have a flood again. Mm. I am quite not sure what word to use. This big building that crashed in Florida. Yeah. They're still looking for those people. I'm quite intrigued with that. Not of how many people they're finding. But the dedication of mankind will not quit to, digging to keep until looking. they find them all. Yeah. That impresses me. Mm -hmm. And you know of the thousands and thousands of people that have laid roses and flowers and wreaths and crosses, the faith that there is that they restore those people's life. 9-11 is vivid in my mind, not for what happened, however, how they fixed
1: it. Yeah, their response.
0: And... President Bush at the time bailed in and got on his hands and knees. Mm. In the flood at Calgary at the Stampede years back, I stood next to the mayor and we packed out junk and packed in water.
2: Mm.
0: I have been in eastern Oregon when I lived there on a couple of big forest fires. And it took me zero moments instantly I knew that I needed to go help. Yeah. I'm big on charity. We'll talk about that at some time. But dang it, if you're going to be alive, <laughs> be involved. Yeah. So back to the point in question What do you do for 27 seconds or a minute and 30 seconds before that boy gets his hand in the rigging and then that horse is set? He sets his feet and he nods says outside, and they turn him loose. If you've got a minute and a half, if you know your product, yeah, and you know what the horse is doing, what the man is doing, what the production people are doing, fill it with something that paints a vivid picture so that when they see that happen, it's not that you overcoat with painting, Right. but that the painting is finished and get ready to paint another picture in the next few moments. Hmm.
1: How much research just, do you need to that's do? It's just the way I work. Yeah. How much research do you do on the writers or is that just, I mean, you're doing some, but is it because you're so in it that that just comes in, you know, cause, no. cause you constantly are saying, you know, this Six foot four get kid from Montana or wherever, and so you have so many stats that you just pull out. It feels so natural. What is well, that he process? He only
0: stood six one, but you can tell how tall he is from the waist up. <laughs> May never. I might not have ever seen him standing. Okay. Who's gonna argue with me if he was six two or six four, <laughs> and he was actually only six one? Nobody.
1: <laughs> Unless you, you said he no. was five nine.
0: <laughs> But what I'm saying is, yeah. one time I might say it that way, the next day I'd say this long, lanky kid yep. with the wild blonde hair. The next time I might say, you've got to watch this kid from Montana. Mm-hmm. He's pretty wild west, folks. And then they open the gate, and after that, it's up you know, it's up yeah. to him and God to survive. <laughs> well, <laughs> you got to understand this, okay? Yeah. If you are not prepared and you're a defense attorney and you don't have your stats, yeah, rules and regs in place and know what the opposition is going to do. If you don't know, how do you defend a client if you don't know that client? Mm-hmm. And during the defense, you have got to be able to read people. Sounds, audience participation. Music. Mm-hmm. And so. I defend every one of them that nod their head, roping cows, riding bucking horses, ladies in the barrel race, kids in the mutton busting. Um, and just know that for every three hours of performance, there's five to six hours for the study time. That's one thing. A lot of people don't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, Boyd, Paul Hamas and I announced a lot of rodeos together for years and years. Hadley Barrett and I announced before that Wayne Brooks, and I didn't you just do the um, Reno Rodeo? What's that, sir?
1: Didn't you guys just do the Reno Rodeo?
0: Yes, sir, we did. Yep. And we have a database that probably has four hundred thousand images in wow. it. That's a name, a hometown It goes back about ten years and they overlap and they overlap. It's on a spreadsheet. Mm. You know what the what numbers the numbers app is? Mm-hmm. Okay, just go back 10 years and have all that information in there. Oh, my word. Yeah. And then you highlight it in red. You put parentheses around it in blue Mm. and you stay with it currently. I couldn't do that because I told you we're going to talk about dependencies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I depend on um, Boyd Polhamus has got a clerical mind that is so far beyond mine. And I play off of him. Mm-hmm. He announces the rodeo, and I'm the color guy. Yeah. Okay. Wayne Brooks announces the rodeo, and I'm the color guy. Hadley Barrett was a wealth of information. He had a mind that was like a steel trap. Roger Mooney has a totally different program. My dear friend and part time Oregonian, Randy Corley. Mm hmm. Um, was a storyteller, so I was the stats guy. <laughs> i worked with Stu, with Zoop Dove, who I thought was one of the greatest mental challenges that I ever had in all of those years. Um, and Phil Gardenhire, who was the greatest showman, and I think the best voice that rodeo ever had. God bless, Mr. Gardenhire. We lost him in a horrible accident years back. Mm-hmm. When you work with people like Liesl Harris, Chuck Henson today, you work with John Harrison or Rump or, um, you know, I mean, they're just all so wonderful. They're the best they can be at the moment in their career. And that lasts a long time Yeah. and how it works. One week I'm in Santa Maria, California, two weeks later, I'm in Reno, Nevada. I've already been to Denver, Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio, and Austin overlap, so I don't go there. Mm-hmm. I've been to Kissimmee, Florida, San Angelo, Texas. Back in the day, in the 80s, when you first started hearing me, in the late 70s and 80s as a child, mm-hmm. when I was done at Roseburg, um, I might have went to Reno. Um I might have been at a bronc riding match in Miles City, Montana. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I've been at the Calgary Stampede for 40 years. Wow. You learn the people, you learn the country, you learn the native ways. The food changes, the mindsets change, and you have to pull all of that in. Mm -hmm. And once you become a part of that fabric, you can smell it, taste it, live it, enjoy it, archive it and go on to the next, the next, the next, and the next.
1: How has it changed over the 50 years you've been in this biz? What's the biggest change?
0: Technology.
1: Has that been good or bad, do you think?
0: I mentioned to you off mic when we started my first sound system, I had a mixing board (laughs) that had four channels, Yeah. a $26 Windsor mic, Four university horns and about the hundred ninety thousand pound drivers that I used to put on them. <laughs> Wait, hold
1: on. You brought. You had to provide your entire rig at that point. Oh, when I first
0: started, yeah, everybody did. Okay. Okay. Now, in the midst of all of that, in the late seventies, I'm a call Valley Roundup Cowboy that you are.
1: Want to be cowboy on
0: Chambers <laughs> on Chambers Street. A guy named Peter Powell. Another guy named Stan Garrett. Came and got a hold of me, and we had a radio network that we were on 450 stations a day, five days a week. Some of them played it twice a day. Doing what? Called the, called the Great American Cowboy. Really? We were only we were second only to Paul Harvey. Was, was, this, was this your content. brainchild? Sir?
1: Was this your brainchild?
0: No, it was theirs. Huh. I thought radio was something you listen to music and news on. I lived in Lane County Yep For a long time Didn't physically live there But I spent years and years there Yeah We had a producer named Stevie Diamonds One of the most brilliant Technologically advanced Human beings that I ever met I used to go on 50,000 watt clear channel radio In Denver, Colorado at midnight Mm -hmm. And talk about my Native American heritage that I was raised with in Nevada. Wow. Yeah. I loved radio. I'm I'm fine with television, mm-hmm. and I'm cool with a podcast. You're the second podcast I've ever done. Maybe I've done a couple others. I don't know. Oh, sweet. Si, si. But I was excited <laughs> to talk to you about doing this because you told me what you wanted to know. And if you'll remember correctly, when I said, What do you want to talk about? He said, <laughs> You said, I want to see what makes you tick. Mm-hmm. Jesus makes me tick. That is awesome. And with saying that, you need to understand that ticking is one thing, just don't let the bomb go off. <laughs> And you've got to hold your audience in suspense, and they're always waiting for the big boom at the end. Oh, yeah. Timing, poised, moments, relax before you deliver the final line. hmm And when you do, be prepared to start the next sentence with something of value.
1: Because you just got their attention?
0: You've got, on radio, you've got about 30 seconds. On television, you've got about six seconds to sink the hook. Mm-hmm. And in rodeo, you start chumming those people 30, 45 minutes, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes out. And due to technology was, the quest, was my answer mm-hmm. to what's changed having sound guys. Okay. Um, Benji Bentley, Chuck Lopeman, now his son, Austin, Jill Loudon, Jill and Loudon, Hammy, Hambone, Josh Hilton, Bradnard Ducci, Um, and on and on and on. Um, you, you need to understand they train me. I train them. Yeah, And with, with music in the field of technology today, you play off the bridges. And if you score that music with them for 45 minutes out, 30 minutes out, 20 minutes out, 10 Mm -hmm. minutes out, five minutes out, when you get to the hot song and then you give them about 30 seconds of silence, Mm -hmm. silence is the key to get people's attention. Right. Because immediately they go, listen, what's happening? Why is it so quiet? Mm Mm-hmm what's going to happen. And then you you hit them with a big fanfare and the boom. (laughs) And then you take over. Yeah. You've got about 30 seconds to sink your hook in those people's heart, their mind and their soul and get them to follow you because it's the painting they want to see. They want to see the whole show, but they will allow you to paint it. Yeah. I can't do it without production. Can't do it without the music and the bridges. Can't do it all by myself. That'd be boring. (laughs) That's why I love to announce rodeos with other guys with different styles. You and I, you talk a while, I talk a while. Mm -hmm. We both get excited. Everybody gets excited. Yeah. About the fourth time that I'm by myself and I get excited, they go, here he goes again. (laughs)
1: Well, when you're both there, you kind of can... I mean, it becomes a conversation that the crowd gets to listen in on.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: And that's what most people like. They, they like listening into an interesting conversation. Yes, sir. And when you do that live, that's amazing.
0: The only thing with live is people say, well, aren't you worried about saying something wrong? I said, if all you focus on is saying something right, there's no space or place to say something wrong. I tell people, I've got this pair of socks and on the leg of the socks it said, I love Jesus with a big red heart. Mm -hmm. On the foot of the socks it says, but I cuss a little too. (laughs) I'm gonna text it to you, I'm gonna send it to you. That's awesome. (laughs) But the thing is, why would you lower yourself to using foul language or wrong or suggestive language Mm -hmm. when everything in front of you is so beautiful. Yeah. Now, what do you do when somebody's hurt? I've been faced with a dozen fatalities right Mm. in front of me in an audience over the last 50 years.
1: Yeah, how do you prepare to announce that?
0: You don't. Wow. You're always prepared if you have faith that you can hold it. Mm -hmm. Close it. My first response is immediately. I just tell people the first best medicines prayer. Yeah. Join me. Mm. Let's give them a moment to do the best they can with the incident that we've just all witnessed. Yeah. You don't go to play and, you know, rock and roll. I'm a fan of kid rock, but it's not time for him to sing. (laughs) No. Somebody's hurt.
1: No, that's a quiet time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then you got to bring them back up with the truth. Hmm. You don't always know that there's a fatality. Deal with it. Yeah. Well, it's life. Deal with it. Yeah.
1: It's a a dangerous sport, that's for sure.
0: Well, if you're faithfully founded,
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you'll be able to use that and carry people through it. Yeah. Then pick it up, buck them again, run them again, do it mm-hmm. again. Tell them the truth, Greg. When you go to lying, it makes you judgmental. And none of us have the right to be judgmental about anything in the world today.
1: Mm. Then you got to remember oh. the story you just told, too, and try to keep it straight.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, try to keep that <laughs> right. in here.
1: Why is Rodeo so uh, patriotic? Why is it? Yeah.
0: Interesting question. Let's visit about this.
1: Because it's one of the things that I find so... It's that first emotional piece um, where the, the announcer tends to kind of tell a little story about the flag that's running around the arena right then. And then they go go to the national Anthem and it it kind of creates a a mood for the entire event. Why is that such an important part of a rodeo?
0: I think you just answered your own question. (laughs) Because let's go back to what I was just talking about in being forthright about the event Mm. first of all first of all it attracts a mass audience yeah might only be a couple thousand people 1500 15,000 or in NRG Stadium in Houston the largest building richest building rodeo in the world will have 70,000 wow okay When I first started kind of big-time rodeo in California, I had a friend, dear friend, Lex Connolly, who was a great rodeo announcer, producer Mm -hmm. at the Cal Palace. He used to hire me. To do the opening and halftime and closing ceremonies for the Giants and the 49ers. Really? Uh-huh. And I've stood in front of 90,000 people
2: mm-hmm.
0: and introduced Sidney Poitier,
2: hmm.
0: Aretha Franklin. Wow. Um, on and on. Uh, who were there to sing the national anthem or they had opening remarks Mm -hmm. and they were absolutely phenomenal speakers, actors, um, movie stars, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. So they were bigger than life to me. Right. I was 22, three, four years old. And they didn't have cell phones in those days. <laughs> so you couldn't Google up or Wikipedia or or, or, or mm-hmm. you know, punch in Safari and Google up somebody. To find out about them. Right. So if I had a nickel, a dime, or a quarter, I'd call my wife. (laughs) She always knew. She always knew about things like that.
1: She was your research.
0: Oh, yeah. Immediate. Very well read. (laughs) An English major. Mm. We're going to talk about my wife before we're done today.
1: Well, someone's got to be there beside you. That's for sure. Keeping you on track. 52 years. Good work. What's the key her. to What's the key to that?
0: I wish she was here. You could ask her. <laughs> um, I guess she had faith in me then. She m- must still now, <laughs> or she just got used to it and going, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I can't finish my sentences without her. You know how that works. Yep, and don't care. I mean, it's just fine with me. Right, but experiences remember what i told you about seeing it mm-hmm. tasting it smelling it doing it yeah and archive it think about facing an audience when you're 25 to 30 years old mm. of 60 70 80 90 000 people in candlestick park <laughs> downtown san francisco mm-hmm. and two weeks later or a week later or two days later I was at a rodeo at Santa Barbara, Sacramento, um, you know, Santa Maria someplace, Napa, Santa Rosa, all up and down the state of California, where I really got a big start, even though I'd been farther away places, but this is where mass audiences came. Mm. Um, And backing up to the age of 12, Coming from a one room schoolhouse, eight grades, one teacher. Yeah. Moving into the little town of Winnemucca, Nevada. People ask me where I'm from. I still say Winnemucca, Nevada, but today I live in Texas. Last week I was in Reno at the rodeo. Next Mm -hmm. week I'm going to be in West Texas. Moving to town at the age of 12, I'd never rode a bicycle. Really? Didn't know how to play kickball, baseball, basketball. Didn't know how to play marbles, so forth and so on. So I joined 4-H. Hmm. Amazing. Wow. The learning experiences, the record keeping, mm-hmm. the teachers, all volunteers, except for the county agent. Same way it operates today, where there are thousands and thousands of 4-Hers all across the country. Mm-hmm. Now, FFA is also big in this country down here. Um, I know you have 4-H in South Dakota where oh, you yeah. live. Yep. And at l- some point in this conversation, I'll tell you about my latest and greatest opportunity to work with young people because I love young people. And I remember being there ages. Mm-hmm. So... We're going back to that thing again. I remember things as a kid, as a child, as a kid, as a teenager, as a high schooler in college. I remember that vividly by failures. oop, I'm going to do that again. Successes. <laughs> oh, my God, that was wonderful. Yep. Let's try that again. Let's find out more about it so I can do it better the next time. Hmm. And Now back to the question, what has changed? Technology. I'm trying to take you in a full circle because at your, how old are you today? 41. Okay. I'm 32 years older than you. Hmm. In the last 32 years of my life, when you were 10 years old, Mm -hmm. 10, 11, 12, Think about what technology was then. Oh, it's AM crazy. AM radio. Yeah. Black and white television. <laughs> okay. I was 12 years old before I lived in a house of electricity and saw television. Wow. Bill Sylvanias with the white screen around them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The first time I saw the man on the five o'clock news, I, just, I asked my dad, is that Jesus? Are you serious? <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Because... His name, it was K O L O T V TV, Reno, Nevada, Channel 8. They're still in business today. Um, how did that guy get in that box? <laughs> it intrigued me. Yeah. And he had a big baritone voice, and he talked like that. <laughs> hi, live electric radio. Hi, live electric on television. <laughs> and here's the news. Yeah. And then he was smoking a cigarette. And I went, oh, okay. I guess that's accepted. <laughs> Did you go smoke a cigarette? <laughs> yeah, he was. No. <laughs> no. But um, <clears throat> you see the things that go through my mind? I like it. <laughs> the vividness yeah. that goes back. I still use that vividness today. What would mm. you do yesterday? Mm. There's a lot of people that will go, I don't know can't remember. Well, I keep a day book, handwritten day book. That's my database for the last 40 years. I've oh, got them all.
1: What kind of detail do you, do you, you write down? What kind, of, what kind of detail do you write down?
0: Everything. Appointments. Um, airline numbers. Flights. Mm-hmm. Um, what I need to do in five days um we're in the beef business yes so i i processed two steers this morning 2039 and 2041 one had a hanging weight of 780 the other one had a hanging weight of 810 wow now we've got to decide what we do in quarters halves and whole beef where people are going to eat them they hang 16 days i know when we're going to cut and wrap them i know when i can call our clients and tell them they can have a quarter a half or a whole beef and I know what it is to the pound. I know what the shrinkage is. I know what the yield was. I know that the cow, the calf, was born out of two years ago. And I know what my feed ration is to get the marbling and finish feed to get him ready to go. We do about 60 of those a year. Wow. Locally. We don't ship meat. Hmm. We're not Omaha Steaks.
1: So I got to drive to Fort Worth to get your steak? Is that what you're saying?
0: No, yeah, I have drive to Weatherford. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but it's only 40 miles from Fort Worth. That's close. <clears throat> That's quarter horse okay. country, isn't it? What's that? That's a
1: horse country, isn't it?
0: Weatherford? Yeah. It's everything. Big cutting horse business. Mm. Now raining horses. Big team roping. Okay. World. Yeah. It's big. It's Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I had They uh... have the biggest rainstorms and the biggest droughts, one right after the other. <laughs> Two things in Texas. We never turn down as a rain or the birth of a baby (laughs) calf. Nice, (laughs) any day of the year. Right, we'll take it. But when you put all of those kind of things together, the reason I'm sitting at my desk at my real estate desk right now—we'll talk about that later—but is that I'm looking at buying beef pectorials. I don't expect you to understand what that muscle is. I could
1: assume, but.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's it's an inner muscle that's marvelous. It's what we build Bobby T's jerky.
1: Mm, It's all out of that one piece or that one muscle?
0: Yes. And it's more expensive, but it's healthier. It's higher in Mm. protein. It's less in carbs. Now, you can go online and get Bobby T's jerky at bobbytsjerky.com.
1: Okay, so that's shippable.
0: all right. That is the part of the beef business that the whole world can go get mm. on there. You go, technology. There it is. .com. Yeah. <laughs> com. You can go to my website of Bob Tallman's Reserve Angus Beef and see how we produce beef. We well, just don't buy a cow and breed her to a bull, and then you get the calf and then you hang on to him for a while and feed him up and process him. There's so much more to it. First of all, it's holistic, it's organic. We use all organic fertilizers. What I'm going to put on my pasture is going to go in that cow's milk. That milk's going to go in that calf's belly. Mm -hmm. And when people say, you know, grass fed this, something that we raise, strictly purebred Angus, black Angus Mm feet. And, um, I want you to know when we say on the package, Of a package of bobby cheese jerky and it says usda stamped approval protein nutrients this um carbs this here's the nutrients of the recipe and it is usda stamped and approved the united states department of agriculture okay you have to meet those stipulations and it has to be accurate yeah okay it takes three pounds of of meat to start with to come up with one pound. Wow, you, loo- you lose that much
1: in the in the process. Yeah,
0: well, if you do it the old-fashioned way, because we we only buy the finest meat, mm-hmm. we brine it, and we cook it over hickory chips, and smoke it, then chill it, then cut it not with a machine, hand cut and package
1: it is that down in texas where you do that or where is that yes
0: yes in a little town called menard texas oh it's down in the south deep southwest hill country
2: Mm -hmm.
0: my people have been doing it for 50 years Hmm. so they know what they're doing but when you produce beef and quarters halves and whole beef and families are going to put that in their freezer and put it in their family's mouth When you produce Bobby T's jerky and people are going to buy that and put it in their mouth, you've got to be accurate. Right. When I tell a story at the rodeo about three-time world champion Tim O'Connell or five-time world champion Casey Field, you've got to be accurate. Mm -hmm. When I tell Craig Weinberg in South Dakota on a podcast that this is how we do it, why I say it, I've got to be accurate cuz somebody's going to listen to this and if you're not accurate they're going to contest you. <laughs> You'll find out, right? <laughs> Somebody will cuz I know a lot of people listen to your podcast. That's right.
1: Now, especially now. <laughs> yeah.
0: My wife probably will now. No. oh
1: <laughs> you know? Um you've called the Calgary Stampede for well, prior to night or 20 and this year uh 40 yeah. years. You're not there right now. It opens tonight, is that correct?
0: Opened yesterday. Yesterday,
1: And you're not there. What is that
0: like? I'm there by phone, text, (laughs) (laughs) and mention. Right. You know, we knew when we got shut down last year Mm -hmm. that there was a chance we might get shut down this year. Well, we didn't get shut down, or the Calgary Stampede didn't get shut down. But due to CDC compliances, protocols, regulations, and rules. Right. We weren't able to go across the border as an American worker. That's the rules. Okay? You want to fight it? Why? Right. Comply. Yeah. Do I like it? No? Not really. <laughs> Can I live with it? You betcha. So, not being there, you can watch it on the Cowboy Channel. Thank you, Patrick Gotch. And you can watch it on other videos. Everybody there has got an iPhone or some kind of phone. Right. <laughs> and they're shooting it, sending videos to you. So I haven't got time to watch them all. And on the fact that I'm busy during the day. Mm-hmm. So... Um, if you put your foot under the tire and tell somebody go ahead and drive over it, here's your sign. Okay. if you know you're going to get your foot under that tire, but you can pull it out and you tell them to drive by, you're probably all right. And then the mirror hits you. If you put yourself in the path of death and destruction and get away with it, thank you, Jesus. Mm. So we haven't put ourselves in the path of death and destruction of not being able to go to the Calgary Stampede. Right. Why? The world will probably change, and next year we're going to get to go. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: What about the Calgary Stampede, the greatest outdoor show on earth?
1: Why? Why, why does it, it get 40 called years,
0: that? years, I have watched forty bronzes be presented to forty champions mm-hmm. in every event, and that is about probably a forty billion dollar economic impact on the province of Alberta and the country of Canada. Wow! How blessed am I? That's
1: crazy. Because isn't oh, that yeah. a big money rodeo, sir? It, it, isn't that a big money event? Like oh, yeah, it's for a the contestants? Wow.
0: Yeah. Big. But so is Denver, Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio, Austin, San Angelo. Really? You know? Yeah. They're big deals. They're million dollar deals.
1: All right. Hey,
0: was a million dollar deal.
1: And that's a, a 10 day event?
0: Is, is it similar Reno, to.
1: Yeah. Okay. Calgary's 10 days also, correct?
0: Yep. Yep. Wow. It's absolutely phenomenal, amazing. One of the largest tourist attractions, and I've seen 165,000 people on the grounds Wow. one day. (laughs) I've seen 165,000 people on the grounds at Houston for the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo Mm. one day. If you don't like large crowds or you don't like being around people, you don't want to do what I do.
1: <laughs> what is the best, like over the years, what's the best venue for a rodeo for you? Is it uh, these big arenas or is it the out in the, at the ranch yard feel?
0: Well, I do both.
1: What's your favorite? All of them. Come on.
0: No, serious. Okay. Um, My biggest... Well, I have what I call two hometown rodeos. That's outdoors 10 days at Reno. Mm Mm-hmm. And indoors for 20 days plus at Fort Worth, Texas. 20? Yeah. 36 performances over 25 days. Wow. Now, in conjunction with that, there's a big midway. Yep. Extravagance is of shopping you cannot I mean can't believe it (laughs) 4-H and FFA shows on and on thousands of cattle two weeks from now I'm going to go do a steer show only steers it's called a project show where they're getting ready for the big winter rodeos these cattle weigh eight nine hundred pounds 1,350 head of cattle 1,500 kids
1: what are they doing with them are they writing them
0: raising them or showing raising them them. breaking them showing them mm. over and over practice and practice and practice they do the same thing with hogs they do the same thing with sheep remember i'm in texas everything's bigger
1: <laughs> <clears throat> well what's your favorite rodeo event you gotta have one that is the favorite to call and watch
0: oh And somebody's going to say, Bob, i heard you say other things. <laughs> right. um, Today. Probably the bronc riding. Why? takes strength, finesse, accuracy, mental, physical balance, determination, guts. And you don't just get on and ride the first one and become a champion next week. Hmm. takes years and years of dedication. That's why I went to be a rodeo announcer. I knew, I knew in my heart. Never admitted it until you know years later, but I didn't have the dedication to become a Larry Mahan, a Trevor Brazil. Yeah, Trevor Brazil is. I mean, he's just amazing. But he's an amazing human being. Hmm. A father, a husband. He's everything. And he sets such a good example for young people. <clears throat> you don't think I'm not blessed? <laughs> no, no, <All> I do. <laughs> we've been talking 45 minutes. Um, hour Hourish. I'm not going to get to hear this back until it plays and you edit. But I don't think in my mind, um that i have not said the things i wanted you to understand was how many people i depend on to mm-hmm. do what i do to yeah. be me okay and i depend on them based on their faith and ability to do what i do or want me to do what i do better to aid me to do it and my payback to them is to be faithful in supporting what they want and how they do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. In the business today of livestock, I have a ranch crew that I couldn't operate without. And that's my daughter and husband, my grandkids, my help and my wife and friends. Okay. In the jerky business, um, I got to mention her name. Her name's Julie Bryant couldn't do it without her. She's a matriarch behind the scenes um, that operates somewhat of a global deal because we ship jerky all over the country with Bobby T's jerky.com. In the rodeo business, I depend on other announcers. I've told you between Boyd Polhamus and Wayne Brooks, the guys I've worked the most with. Well, I got to go back and say about Hadley Barrett and Bob Feist, Mm, who I worked with in a lot of places, still do, all over the country. I got to go back and say the technology has been the advancements for all of us. Mm -hmm. Did they have podcasts 20 years ago? Nope. (laughs) Nope, not not like this. We had radio shows called The Great American Cowboy and The Great American Farmer, Mm -hmm. based in Lane County. Eugene, Oregon. Yeah. Thanks to people that knew more about it, I was just the voice. <laughs> Did you crazy. ever listen to Paul Harvey? Oh, you yeah. ought to meet him. Well, I can't now, but... The man was amazing. Yeah. Oh, in archives, you can.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was okay. a staple I of the day. I love talk radio. Oh, yeah. I grew up on talk radio. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I do this show, because I love... The, the conversational side of interacting with people and figuring out yes, what you know what it is about them that why they do what they do because it's so when people do things that are impactful there's a reason they do them and digging that out trying to figure that out is something that fascinates me um, me too bud. A, a few years ago I saw you were speaking at a cow, big cowboy church at, is it in Weatherford or Fort Worth
0: uh like last fall? Uh I think so. That was in Tatum, Texas. Okay. And we were wired into thirteen other churches.
1: And online. Kind of an
0: outreach yep. podcast deal. Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah. You saw that?
1: Yeah. I, I I've been stalking you for a while. You must know this. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> It's I, I I love it, and that's why I was wondering about archives of your old the old stuff, just because yeah. it's fun. I mean, you, you did have, um, I don't know, you on horseback. You said something one time as a kid that I has stuck with me forever, and it's it's just a throwaway line, I think, um, but it was during a bullfighting time they would do at the Umpqua Valley Roundup, and uh, I think the bull might have got a little close to the clown, and you. <laughs> You said that he had given him an ivory enema and that's still <laughs>
0: just <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. But but, but can it's... you think about it. Can you think not all bulls their horns are white? Right. But those little Mexican it must bulls they were. And ivory soap is white. <laughs> yep. And if he hooks you in the bum. Yep. <laughs> um
1: but it's your ability to just throw jump quick like that that just has, is amazing to me. I don't know. It's phenomenal. When did you start agreeing to preach, to to be very bold in your faith? Is that something that's always been the case or is that a no, later no. in life thing?
0: About the third time that I'd given my life to the Lord knew that <laughs> it was going to be forever. Yeah. How many times do people say, oh, I've given my life to the Lord.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And two days later, they got a cigar in their mouth and a beer in their hand. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't mind the cigar and I don't mind a beer in their hand. But people ask me if I want a second one. I go, hold on a minute. I'll ask. <laughs> and I'll go, no, Jesus don't want another one. So I'm not going to have one either. You ought to see the look they get on their face. Oh, man. Okay? Now, preaching is having full gospel knowledge and being able to recite biblical information Hmm. accurately. Hmm. Okay? I'm not a preacher. I'm a believer. Okay. And if you watch. that telecast. I was sharing relationships Mm -hmm. of my mind and experiences with biblical information from how I was raised to where I am today. Mm. And people will fall in love and fall out of love. People fall in faith and they fall out of faith. So many people are scared to fall into faith because they're afraid they'll fail. And they think that's a sin. Mm. There are people who could care less about sin. And there are people who could care less about faith. However, if you're going to base all your thoughts, all your actions, all your steps and not be afraid to admit that you have failed in the past. You'll find faith a lot easier to accept, Mm -hmm. to be accepted by and to maintain a faithful relationship in society. Mm. So don't go there if you're using it, is cotton candy Christianity or a Band-Aid to get you through a rough moment. Accept the faith. The moment's not going to be as rough as you had imagined. And you'll be surprised that rough moments will become less and less a part of your life. Yeah. And that was my message. I do believe that night. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that. We had just They just had a two-foot snow in East Texas. <laughs> and it was the highways were shut down. It was miserable. We don't know what to do in Texas when it snows. In Roseburg, Oregon, you just put on studded tires at Les Schwab. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> is this is a great ad. <laughs> I'll have to call them up. Yeah. It's great. I love it. <laughs> The best tire oh. shop in, in, probably in the country, I think.
0: <laughs> um, where I was raised as a kid, I loved wintertime. Yeah. Not because it was going to be cold, but it was lemon season, and I got to hang out in the lemon sheds, and they had smudge pots in there, <laughs> and it was warm. <laughs> okay? Hmm. We had a wood stove in the house, but my bedroom didn't have one in it. I loved that kind of stuff. Hmm. Well, today we flip a switch, turn on the AC, flip a switch, turn on the furnace, gas fireplace, throw a log on the fire, whatever. This is where you need to go back and visualize and relive your childhood and say, wow, they're talking about the good times.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: There'd never been a better time in the world than right now.
1: (laughs) So do, do we have it too good right now? uh is it okay we've had Uh, it too good for a
0: long time pardon me for jumping no that's fine we have had it way too good for a long time craig we have become so complacent with the easiness of life Mm. the ability to have more 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 make more money waste more you know essential things in life Mm -hmm. we're a very wasteful society oh i gotta be careful my tone's changed And I don't want to get on the soapbox.
1: Come on. Climb up there. No. You no.
0: can't.
1: <laughs> it, can um, it can be a short one.
0: You just had it. <laughs> <laughs> We're a very wasteful society. And I don't know how to take a fish and feed the multitudes. I don't know how to take a piece of bread and create clothes. Mm-hmm. But I believe he did. Mm-hmm. Once you totally and finally accept Jesus as your Savior. The freedoms that will come with it are amazing. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, We are faced right now in business with the biggest challenge in Bobby T's jerky that we've ever been faced. We have joined in the great state of Texas, a 4-H Foundation, and it might come to Oregon someday. It might come to South Dakota someday to become the product line to feed the world, to feed some homeless people, to feed children, lunches, mm-hmm. nutrients, high-end nutrients, and beef protein. And the really all I can say about it is, but get ready, you'll see it online, you'll see it around the country. And I'm a firm believer you teach a child how to work, mm-hmm. and his reward is freedom and food and nourishment for his body. That you give him the opportunity to find the Lord, He'll find it when he's ready to accept it. Hmm. You give a child an education, you clothe a child. You give a child love, it will stop maliciousness. You give a child an opportunity, it will train him to share that opportunity and come back to you fourfold as you see him share it with others. Children are the greatest instrument of our future. And today they're being punished, being lied to, not being fed well, not being loved. I believe in children. Some people don't have children. We'll share ours with them. Hmm. Everybody knows what love is. But today, in the wasteful society that we have, too many people also use the instrument of hate and destruction. Yeah. I'm not worried about it, but I am concerned. Does some of that. I am very proud because of our little company Mm -hmm. that's making big waves with the 4-H world, it will become Coast to Coast.
1: That's awesome. I'm excited to hear and see more of that. That's great.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Uh, you, you talk about teaching people to work, giving them a, uh, a work ethic, you know, so they understand yeah. what it is to to provide. Um, well,
0: they, there has to be a reward now.
1: Yeah. What happened over the last year and a half to that mentality when we had a government that stepped in and said unless we tell you that what you do is is worthy of doing you need to stay home and we'll we'll cover you we'll pay you some money to stay home but unless we tell you that you are essential you can't go out and do that you can't go out and work what did that do to the psyche of of uh society
0: Well, the psyche of that society was, is they forgot the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) um, Three very important words. We the people. Mm -hmm. Under God. Mm -hmm. Okay? I want to be pointed but poised in how I translate my feelings about that. Okay. And I would say it in this fashion, we were not taken by surprise, but we are still today misinformed in so many fashions and forms about what we've lived through for 18 months. Mm. And those who had the first answers have changed their ideas and answers and ideals a dozen times and then the apportionment of those change in ideas have not been delivered to us appropriately, mm-hmm. I think. I honestly don't have an opinion I knew what I had to do to protect my family and friends. Yeah. And I did. And I'm not sure quite where that's going to lead us all. (laughs) However, I just know that forming an opinion separates you from the guy on the left and the lady on the right. Mm -hmm. And I know that separation was a part of the project.
1: Ooh. Forced isolation.
0: Dependency. Mm. Yep. Dependency. Isolation is a is a single door tomb. Mm hmm. I uh I'm in love with the world. I'm in love with the challenges it provides. I truly believe that we can get along. And I don't use terminologies that are politically, you know, correct or incorrect, (laughs) because I'm not always well-versed in that. Mm -hmm. And I don't really have a complete opinion today that'll change tomorrow Um, because I'm just not that well educated on where we were except I think we were wasteful and compliant Mm -hmm. to wastefulness and I know that we have learned how to live within our means and I believe that hard work and faith is the answer not for success but survival, mm. right. What else you want to talk about?
1: Well, I wasn't going to talk about cattle, but you've already done that. Um, I'm curious. You you said you have a daughter. Yes. Just one. Like one uh-huh. one kid.
0: Yep. Yep. Um. Did He's you very well versed with faith and weapons? Oh. Yeah, she's a marksman.
1: Nice. Did your uh, family travel with you at all, or?
0: Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, for years. Then they have to grow up and be somebody too, you know. Well, that's true.
1: And and and, but it's cool that you can have a family operation that can grow. Well, today it is yeah,
0: because the ranch, awesome. you know, the ranch and cattle yep. and. My son-in-law, the workaholic that he is, and and a great team member, And um, everybody I'm surrounded by, I'm proud to say, know how to work. Mm. And they're all faith-based people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Last couple things. Who's the best bull rider of all time?
0: Well, if you take it by world titles, Donna Gay. Okay. If you take it by overall earnings, which has changed as years have gone on, mm-hmm. inability to c- continue winning, it would be Sage Kimsey. Okay. If it's in the PBR, which is a totally different sector, segment, and designed competition. Um, there's a dozen guys that have won three, four, five, six million dollars, mm-hmm. eight million dollars. But bull riding would be like any other event. How long did they last and were free of injury? And what kind of competition were they involved in, and how did it pay? Okay. So is it so money? To say that the best was uh-huh. the best from the days of Jim Shoulders then to Donnie Gay, the bulls changed.
1: Well, that was my next question. Is how has the, the animal world changed over, over time as well? Because that, that's clearly, I mean, there's new science behind how they raise these animals, correct?
0: Oh, yeah, total. So it, it, is, it the same,
1: is it the same sport because of that or is it different
0: no it's a different sport Hmm. totally a different sport and I've enjoyed all phases and you know changes in
1: it yeah
0: um you gotta understand something about bull riding (laughs) why would you ride one (laughs) well that's what I think but (laughs) why why I don't know. Why would you tie your body on something 10 to 20 times bigger than you? Who really doesn't want you tied on his back?
1: <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: it sells
1: tickets. <laughs> well, that's true.
0: Okay. And it is an amazing feat of what they accomplish. Mm-hmm. Why not cap roping? It's 300 years old. Yeah. It's as old as America. But they were open cattle in Brazil before America. In Australia, they tail them down. They do? Yeah. They ride by and get them by the tail and trip them. (laughs) They don't do it a lot much anymore because now they're rope. Okay, my next question why would you ride a bucking horse
1: today? Good question
0: (laughs) today because it's sport. Yeah. It's awesome to watch. Mm -hmm. And today we breed bucking horses by genetic manipulation, embryo transfer, artificial insemination. Okay. How do we do that? Well, in 1990, I created a system with the help of smarter people than me, called Rodeo Stock Registry. Spent a week and a half at Davis, California, at the University of California, and learned about genetic markers. 11, 16, 21, and now 30. Hmm. Genetic manipulation. We created registry. We created genetic changes Registered cattle, sold semen, the great bull, bodacious, mm-hmm. and many others. Okay, I sold that business to the PBR wow. 20 years ago. They call it the ABBI. <clears throat> hmm. I'm blown away with what these breeders have done, what genetic manipulation have done. And if you go back and look at bulls 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and now, Cindy Rosser, Cindy Rosser-Marino, Cotton Rosser's daughter, Mm -hmm. is one of the matriarchs of breeding these shows. You've got them in South Dakota, breeders.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Um, Why would you want to do it? Challenge. Raise one better, more notable. First it was Bodacious. Now they got Bushwhacker. Now they got something else. Now they got something else. Isn't it amazing of where that has gone? Yeah. I'm blown away by it.
1: It is crazy. Yeah.
0: It's wonderful. Well, it's it's like
1: technology in the other side of things. It's just a a different version of technology that's improving and uh, expanding the sport, I guess.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's cool. Okay, we do it in beef cattle. We raise cattle, little sire cattle, little birth cattle that'll wean at a higher, a higher weight, that'll finish younger to create better marbling, better taste in beef. We do the same thing. It's all genetic manipulation and markers.
1: When does that become um unethical or does it?
0: It depends on if you go to playing games. You can reach a point of destruction mm-hmm. of where you go over the top and it takes you backwards instead of forwards. Yeah. When you reach a pinnacle in your life and you become a performer, could be a playing the guitar, a trumpet, a piano, a harp, and you get so good at it. Just keep doing it people will love that people love the end result the show well, they love the end result of good beef
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, we do
0: <laughs> they re- they love the end result of better bulls mm-hmm athletes have you been watching Tour de france uh no, I have not I watch it at five in the morning <laughs> on world on world television yeah because I think. Well, I'm a hockey fan, too, okay? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) From Texas, um, good. I never played football. I was a little guy. Mm -hmm. Don't know much about football. I love baseball. Didn't play it well, but I loved it. Mm. But I'm a cycling fan. I'm also a skating fan. I love to watch the Olympics. I love to watch the figure skating.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, But the Tour de France amazes me of those those cyclists probably got about 3% body fat <laughs> if that. and they got yeah. a little car following along behind through the Pyrenees mountains this morning in Spain going into France with seven new bikes on it and bikes cost thousands of dollars. <laughs> wow. But they have their tires designed to have less drag, go faster with less air. Mm. The gears in them, how they shift them 30,000 times in an hour. And I love to watch them. I hate to see them crashes,
2: that that hurt
0: me. But I love to see them excel. Mm -hmm. I love to watch the Winter Olympics, not only for the skating, I love to watch them jump, you know, ski jumping. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed skiing when I did it. And it just, I love so many things and I try to get a little taste of it as often as I can. Most of that's at five in the morning or 11 at night. I haven't done an interview like this in quite a long time. And pardon me for not going forward with politics. I was raised in a high-end political family. And pardon me for not spouting off about what we're trying to do to prevent COVID. Everybody has their beliefs, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to allow them. That's the freedom of the world today. That is true. You can enjoy your own beliefs, but I don't believe pushing them on others. Yep, But if we can end it with this, for whomever sat for an hour and a half and listened to this podcast that my friend Craig Weinberg has produced, do me a favor, people. Find some peace in your life and share it. Hmm. Whether you're a lover of the Lord, as I do my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, find peace and spread it because it's free and your efforts and inertia to make the world better will come from your faith. Mm -hmm. And if you can find faith in all of this, you'll feel better about yourself and the world you live in. Craig, charity is one of those single words that either opens the world or confuses it. Mm. Charity can be given in money Mm -hmm. with your hands, your heart, Charity is given because I believe if you give back long before you leave this world, you will have a better life. Mm. My chosen charity in the world is MD Anderson pediatrics, cancer research in Houston, Texas. I talk about all the people that do wonderful things for me. Yeah. Um, and it seems like a lot of the people are ladies. <laughs> there is a lady in our life today. Her name is Paige Mudd.
1: Okay.
0: Paige Mudd operates Bob Cholman Bob Tolman's Children's Charities. Yep. And it's a foundation 21 years ago that we created that we've raised over two million dollars. Wow. In the giving of pediatrics cancer research in Houston. Mm. MD Anderson is a city within a city, downtown Houston and we serve toddlers, children, teenagers, and we serve lots of cancer patients, thousands of them Hmm. annually, thousands. One of the things that has been created because of what Paige created that we have gone on with is they have a school within the hospital. Really? And I don't, yes. And it's so important. We fund that school. We're part of a system that helps fund this school costs hundreds of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. to operate every year. Well, this has become the part of all the money that we've raised and given them that now means a lot to me Mm -hmm. because I don't care if a kid comes from Millbank, South Dakota, Mm -hmm. San Francisco, California, Anchorage, Alaska, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, or someplace in Australia or Brazil. We teach in that school today due to the technology that you and I keeps alluding to in this conversation. Yeah. By Skype, by Zoom, and with that technology the day that that child is enrolled in that hospital for treatment, Mm -hmm. they immediately go back into their classroom and learn in their native language by their leaders and family.
1: That is cool.
0: It is wow. big, 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 big. That's such a huge Here's thing
1: why. that gets missed in, in health
0: You take a seven-year-old child in the second grade mm-hmm. and you take them out of their natural habitat, yeah. their protective surroundings, their family, and they find out that they've contracted some form of cancer. Mm-hmm. You take a toddler, a baby. And they have normal surroundings. They need to see those people, feel those people, understand that their brothers and sisters and friends are still with them. And because of this school, we are able to maintain that connection for them. Hmm. If there's anybody listening today that want to support a place that's a happy place when a child is going through cancer treatment, MD Anderson, Pediatrics, Houston, Texas. Awesome.
1: And that's uh, BobTalman.com is more info on your charities and events, correct?
0: Well, there's eight ways to do it um, of how they can get involved. But those things are totally inside. But that is a direct line of giving to MD Anderson. Yes, sir.
1: MDAnderson.org is their website. Yes, sir. perfect. Well, thank yeah, you. i That that's wonderful. Thank you um, for all you do and the the awareness that you bring to that too. Because it, it, charity is a big deal. You're right. It and and charity is that thing that we do on our own. You know, no one's mandating, No one's forcing charity. Because no. then it's no longer no. charity. So no. this is fantastic. You're exactly right. Thank you so much. Well, Bob, I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great, great week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Interview. And thank you, Bob Tallman, for giving us the time today to pour your heart out and let us kind of get a glimpse into who you are and why you do what you do. BobTallman.com, BobbyTsJerky.com, and his charity of choice, mdanderson.org. Thanks again, Bob. Thank you all for listening. We will certainly see you on the next one. Have a wonderful day and stay safe.